0: Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville, fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, providing financial support to the community for 55 years, promoting healthier lives and the advancement of future health care in our region, working together for a healthier tomorrow. More at bloomhf.org. And from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey services for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com.
1: Welcome to Noon Edition on WFIU. I'm your host, Bob Zaltzberg, along with co-host, Sarah Whitmire. And today we're talking about high mortgage rates in Indiana and the United States and what residents should know about them. We have three guests joining us today and we're gonna talk with uh, Doug McCoy, the Al and Sherry Oak Director of Indiana Center for Real Estate Studies and a Senior Lecturer of Finance at the Kelley School of Business. Uh, at Indiana University. He's also director of the Center for Real Estate Studies. We have Dave Peters in the studio with us. Dave is Area Sales Manager at American Mortgage Service, which now is known as Thrive Mortgage because the company just merged with another company. And Landon Bushing, who is a real estate broker at eXp Realty, and we're happy to have them all here. If you have questions or comments, you can join us on the air by calling 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free 877-285-9348. You can also send questions to news at org, And you can also follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You can send your questions there. So, uh, Doug, I wanna start with you. I wanted to get you to, if you could, to just give us sort of an overview said th- what what are the conditions that are in place that are causing mortgage rates to rise so rapidly
2: well yeah thank you for having me i'm sorry i can't be there with you um, well this inflation right is just we can't we can't have that and uh, our economists here at the Kelly School of Business have really wanted the, the fed to act quicker and have been disappointed that they they waited as long to start this run up because um experience says the the slower they react the the more pain we're going to have to experience and so now they they started the reaction just not that long ago and you can see that it's it's almost a constant increase because we're struggling to still keep that inflation in check and i think most of us talking together agree that you know it's really two things too much money pumped in by the government and incredibly low interest rates that made money almost free. and and So, uh, wow, demand was just on fire and drove pricing for a lot of things through the roof, and now we're trying to bring it back to a more sensible uh, balance in our economy, and the only way to get there is to keep increasing these interest rates.
1: So Landon is a real estate broker. Landon, how's this affecting your business?
3: Um. Last year, the average days on the market, just for example, was, you know, when I would sell a home, we'd list it on Thursday, and we would say best and highest by Sunday. And by that time, we'd have five, six offers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm going to close on a property next week, 45 days, it took us. And it's just, it's, it slowed us down a little bit. I, I kind of like what um, Doug said earlier, where it's been a slow process, I mean, I shouldn't say like, I mean, I agree with him that that's a lot of the buyers and sellers like, well, I'll wait. I'll wait to do it because, you know, maybe it'll come back down. They keep saying that. And we nobody can predict the future. And it's it's a tough conversation to have because there's a lot of volatile with it. It's like when Dave and I, you know, Dave Peters who's here with us, I do a couple of deals and transactions with him. Um, when we started off, we were doing like interest rates at like 4%. And this is like in May. Well, now we're at like seven, and it's just been a slow, slow, and people can't make a decision when it's volatile.
1: Mm-hmm. Dave, so what's it doing to your business?
4: Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go back to 2021. This time last year, um, as a, our corporation, uh, we were writing, I'd say, as a company, about $125 million in applications a month this month, okay, or let's, October, 40 million. So that's a, a third of what you are yeah, doing. Yeah, that tells you a story right there. So the rates are working, what they're doing. I was saying last year, as a mortgage person, mm-hmm. these rates are too low. Mm-hmm. We've overheated, and they, the Fed, you know, was soft on wanting to lift <laughs> rates. New administration comes in, not getting political here, but they throw more money on the fire. Mm -hmm. Rates are still low. And I saw it coming in December. I said, okay, 2022 is going to be bad. It's going to be slow because of what's going on.
5: Can you explain this? in a way that just makes it super easy. So what's the average people are borrowing and then compare sort of what they would be paying last year versus this year over the course of each month. Like yeah, how does talking, that shake out?
4: We're talking down payment, what they're well, just the No, table. I'm just
5: thinking like the average amount of a mortgage they take out and mm-hmm. then what that payment looks like now versus what it would have looked like last year.
4: Okay, average loan amount. Uh, for my personal production last year was around three seventy-five on average loan amount. Today, two twenty-five, two hundred twenty-five thousand. So that tells you a story right there. So they're
5: getting less house.
4: Yeah. So it was like in March, January, February, March. Four five hundred thousand dollar mortgages were being written. I'm just going off my business. It was like in May, uh, that got turned off now it seems to be mostly first time home buyers sprinkled in with existing people that have owned homes so it is a big time first time home buyer market right now so purchase prices shifted down you know uh, it used to be a couple years ago first time home buyers were looking at 150 175 here in the in the indie market it's 300,000 now
1: wow so if if i was coming to you and i said okay um, Dave, I need, I need to borrow, three, this was, let's say this was a year ago, and mm-hmm. I would say I need to borrow $300,000, I can pay you 10% down, mm-hmm. what's roughly my mortgage going to be for
4: 30-year fixed? So, you're yeah. looking at a yeah. 270, uh, as I go to my handy-dandy mortgage guy. I know, he likes
1: numbers, he told me. <laughs> <Yeah, so.
4: laughs> well, that's his job, he's got to be in the numbers, he's the numbers guy. So, you're looking at a loan amount at 270, okay? Yeah. So let's just say this time last year, 270, we're running around two and three quarters with someone that had uh, good credit. All right? So you're looking at two point seven five, you're looking at one thousand one hundred and two dollars. Okay. Fast forward to today, seven point five, eighteen eighty
1: eight. Wow. So that's a seven hundred dollar increase? Yeah.
4: A month? so. So you put that on a household right now, you know, with a $300,000 Three hundred thousand dollar home, and you add seven eight hundred dollars to the payment. Thirty percent increase in groceries, gas prices, and it's really putting a strain. And that's why you're seeing these buyers. Now we're starting to see first time home buyers starting to back off some. And I had said earlier in the year we're going to hit to where both axes are going to cross, and that's going to be the bottom of the market. In my opinion, again, I'm no economist, I'm talking about the mortgage market, real estate, we have hit the bottom right now as far as activity. That's what I'm seeing right now.
1: Doug, what do you think? Have have we hit the bottom?
2: Mm. Well, until we see inflation really get under control, we're going to see the Fed continue to increase uh, interest rates. Um, So. I guess maybe I'm not quite as optimistic that this is the bottom um, because of that.
4: Well, I I guess I say the bottom is, you're always gonna have buyers and sellers. Landa and I were talking about that. Always someone's gonna have to sell, someone's gonna have to buy. And that's what it's getting down to now. I mean, obviously, uh, you look at last year, the mortgage market was a $1.9 trillion business. This year, we're looking at about a trillion. I'm hearing indications. Next year, we're looking, you know, probably 30% less than this year.
5: So what does this mean if people are locked in at a really low rate? Um, basically just means stay, right? Like yeah, don't sell well, your house.
4: That's part of the problem now, in my opinion, with this supply problem, is you got a lot of people on low, low interest rates. So they
5: refinanced when you said they're right. less than 3%.
4: Say you're sitting on a $400,000 mortgage at two and a half. You're not too jazzed about going out and getting a another $400,000 mortgage or whatever at seven and a half, because you're not going to have the same home you have right now. I mean, that's it's simple math.
5: Yeah.
1: So Landon, what's this do to your, you know, your your sales pitch? If you had to switch your, you know, from perhaps it's a great time to buy because you can get a
3: whole lot more to something else. What how do you how do you go about your job? now? I'll give you a perfect example of what just happened last week. I was representing a buyer um, this property was listed on the MLS maybe a month ago. Um, it was $299,000. We were able to get that thing. I mean, it's it. Properties are staying longer on the market. We were able to get it for forty five thousand below list. Mm-hmm. So there's opportunity at, as people are saying. You know, home prices are way too high. Well, just because it's the sticker price doesn't mean you can't negotiate. Here's what's happened last year as a buyer if you were a buyer you were going way above list like and you were having to like forego inspections waiving inspection there weren't a lot of buyer concessions sellers were getting everything they wanted it was truly a seller's market you know as i said four days on the on the um days on market is what it was Listed on a thursday give me your best and if you had five six offers i t- i tell people like last year as a seller was kind of like ebay the the listing price was the starting bid start bidding higher it's not that way anymore so you can get some if you're looking to buy you have a great opportunity to get a lot of concessions that you would not have necessarily got you know dave can talk about this a little bit better about um you know his company offers a a three two one buy down so as we said, interest rates are at 7%. Well, what if you do a three, two, one buy down? You know, Dave could talk a little bit more about what that could mean for, to make it more affordable now. Well, then maybe you're going to get that new roof on the house that needed it. Maybe you're going to get some things during the inspection. Now's the time when sellers have to sell, because anybody who's selling right now has to sell. It's not like, let's test the water. At the same time, if you're selling, you're probably getting more equity out of that property than what you did maybe five years ago. When you were selling for example closing on a property tomorrow or not tomorrow but next week um he bought the property three years ago for i think 240 is what he paid we're gonna close at 320 in a three year window mm-hmm. i asked him what upgrades did you do it like you did something fan nope didn't replace the furnace didn't replace didn't no expense he's just gonna walk away with that equity over three years only owned it for three years mm-hmm. real estate's never a bad investment in my opinion Granted, I'm the realer saying it, though. <laughs>
5: <Right>. <laughs> Do you want uh, to explain what that means?
3: Yeah. Three, two, one. So yeah. we've talked some negative stuff about
4: the real estate market. So the mortgage market has to morph to what we're into now if you're going to survive. So there's two, one, buy down, three, two, one, buy down. They're old products that went away because rates have been so low historically for a Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, someone tell me if I'm wrong here, probably the last 20 years, we've had a good run on rates. Maybe ebb up a little bit, in eight. But to that point, these are old products we've bought, brought back. A three--1 buy down uh, is simply kind of what you would think. So start rate would be or your start rate would be four and a half today. All right? So you get that four and a half for a year, then at the end of the year, it goes to five and a half. So you run up five and a half for a year, then it goes to six and a half, then after the third year it goes to the end rate, which is seven and a half. What you're doing is you're buying yourself time there, hoping that rates in the next three years will go down, then you can refi the loan. So that's a creative way to get someone a lower rate right now for a couple years uh, to beat the market, which is, is great. And plus you can get some seller concessions now to help buy, because there is money involved with a three, two, one 2 one buy down. Now the mortgage company can pay for it through margin on the rate, or <clears throat> the seller can give
3: concessions to help them. And I can tell you, last year that was not happening. No, like it just no. like as a, I represented both sides, buyers and sellers. Like what he's talking about, like you've been laughed out of the room. Mm-hmm. Like it just is. Here's another positive thing that are happening: um, more VA loans and FHA loans are getting accepted. As I explained to you earlier, like we'd get five or six offers. Those tend to go to the bottom because they're more stringent on the, on the inspection. Well, now people who didn't have a chance at all to get a home, now is your time to get it if you have that, that type of product, a VA or an FHA loan. Because if a property has been sent for 30 days, go in there with a the VA loan. It might have been the only offer they've had for 30 days.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to get into different kinds of loans here in a, in a few minutes. I want to give our contact information again and, and let our listeners know you're listening to Noon Edition as we talk about high mortgage rates in Indiana and what that means to you and what you can do about it. And we have three guests with us. Doug McCoy is joining us over Zoom. He has a lot of different titles. I'm not gonna mention them all now, but he is the Director of the Center for Real Estate Studies and he's also a Senior Lecturer of Finance for the Kelley School of Business at Indiana University. Dave Peters is Area Sales Manager at what used to be more American Mortgage Service Company, now known as Thrive Mortgage because of a merger. And Landon Bushing is a real estate broker at eXp Realty. If you have questions or comments, please send them to us, New, in, news at Indiana Public Uh You can also send them over Twitter at Noon Edition. You can call us at 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 877-285-9348. If you have any questions at all about Real estate and mortgages, today is your day. Doug McCoy, I want to ask you uh, about, you know, we've been, we're specifically talking with, we have a realtor, we have uh, a mortgage broker here. What are other impacts that, when this happens in the real estate industry, what other impacts are we seeing from these Mm -hmm. higher mortgage rates?
2: Yeah, and I'd love to uh, hear uh dave and landon's feedback on this but i'd like to hear what's happening with as far as uh, home builders uh if this is i assume slowing them down some and adding new supply they're getting probably if they had some spec homes if there was much of that happening in, in Annapolis area there's you know there's some really uh big neighborhoods being developed up there and you know higher priced homes um, i would assume that you know that's becoming a bit more of a concern um yeah, and then you know, and other than that, I think it's just um, our sellers. Just we, we talked about them staying put. We talked about um, them not getting as, as much price uh, that they could have if we would have continued this run. And I guess that's the question: What do you think about pricing going forward, as far as them actually losing money on their purchases in the last twelve mm-hmm. to twenty-four months, or do you think we're gonna have enough price stability because we do have? still good employment going on and, and some wage increasing. While it may not be increasing with inflation, uh, there there does seem to be wage increases and in good employment. So uh, will there be, be many people in a position where they have to sell um, and perhaps take a loss on their purchase?
1: Let's
3: take the home builder issue first. Okay. Please. So I will tell you right now, like um, home builders last year, one, they didn't want to work with realtors. Obviously there's a fee to work with a realtor and so they they just thought they didn't need you, right? We can just get them out because prices were so low we can work without them. Um but now just because of what's happened, oh come on back, Mr. Realtor, like we need you. Like here's our, here's your commission back and it's it's not just happening here. I've got a good colleague at EXP that we just did a you know, I have a podcast where we just talked to her I'm like the home builders were doing the same thing in Orlando, Florida. That's where they're at. They said the same thing or the new construction. Um, let, me, I, let me clarify something. You said prices were so low. You mean
1: that rates were so low, right, or prices? Last year, prices were higher. Correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. Correct. Yep, okay. yep, yep, okay. yeah. Okay.
3: Um, I, um, I do think the home builders right now are kind of like, they're scrambling a little bit. I don't think it's quite as much as, just from the conversation pieces I've had from home builders, that they're not, they're not struggling to find people to buy the homes because it's new construction. Who doesn't want to live in a nice new home versus, you know, an older home that was built in 1960? You know, older home, older problems. Newer home, not going to have those problems. However, like, they are not getting the same price point that they were last year.
4: To that point, <clears throat> one thing we're seeing on our side uh, is we had people that had got pre-approved with a builder eight months ago at this rate and we had them approved. They put their money down. Let's fast forward now. We know where the rates are now. We got people that cannot get approved that have to walk away from the home and these builders are having to lower price to get the home out the door. So you got some of that going on. I'm not saying it's a huge part of the of the home builder segment but that is happening right now.
5: So Doug, I want to ask, ask you, because to me, this, I'm, I guess I'm going to the dark side, but are we going to end up with a situation like we had with the housing crisis in 2008? I mean, are we in a situation where I guess I'm I'm hearing Landon talking about people being able to negotiate more and get, you know, maybe tens of thousands of dollars off a house? Are we going to see people just really in the red?
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think. This recession is there's, there's not like that big issue out there that you know we had back in 08 when things weren't uh you know the real i mean th- there was there was a problem in the system and i think our system has been pretty disciplined and uh things have other than you know the low interest rates and the government pumping the money in you know professionals and lenders and so forth things have you know been kind of done by the book so it's a matter of just you know getting this inflation under control and us getting through this period and you know with employment being pretty stable and and wages being stable to increasing you know i don't think we're going to feel like huge pain but there is you know this current situation with rates running up that you know you could find yourself if you had to sell right if you just it was necessitating that you sell them you overpaid because you you know bought during the time when it was uh you know a seller's paradise then perhaps some folks could feel the sting of that but i i would hope that's you know the worst extent of it and that home builders you know taking a little less profit and margin is the worst extent of it and you know that's uh, my view on 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 this, so we just kind of got to, you know, manage ourselves through it the, the best we can, and uh, you know, get through it, and then we'll see a, a better day. But I, I don't, I don't foresee a lot of deep pain coming through this, uh, like we did in in 0708.
5: Did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, Dave? I mean, I
4: was going to agree with him on what he said. The difference between 08 and today is back in 08. Uh, we had the Nina loans, no income, no asset. We basically said if you had a pulse, uh, you'd get a, a home loan. Uh, f- from 08 to today, the underwriting guidelines have been, these loans are pristine loans. They're, you're not going to have the default that you had back in 08. 08 was a totally different situation than what we're in today. That, I mean, that's my opinion. I. And I know he just basically, he he said the same thing. I'm agreeing with him. Yeah, I, I have an example of that. I, I was shocked by this, probably about 08,
1: 09, a couple young friends who had just, they bought a house, and all of a sudden, they were having all sorts of trouble paying their mortgage, and they came, and we were talking about it, and I said, well, you know, you should, maybe you should take the equity that you have in your house, and they're like, equity. We don't have any equity. I said, well, didn't you have to put something down and they said, "No, they gave us $5,000 at time of purchase." And I'm like, "Oh man.
4: That, I mean, that's the way it was going on, huh?" Well, and and let me ask a question here. We're kind of make a statement here. <clears throat> so, from 08 up to 18, values kind of they stayed flat because we had such a huge retraction in 07 and 08. So I think some of the issue is here, we finally, at least in the Indiana market, we got the run-up in values that we didn't see on your normal 2 to 3% incremental growth on value, and it hit. And the homes, I think, are fairly close, probably overvalued right now, to what their real value should have been. So to me, I personally think we'll see a 10 to 12% retraction in values here, just because of what we've been talking about, nothing close to 0.8.
5: Which, what was it knowing?
4: Oh, the, the values? Yeah. I the, mean, I, I don't know the percentage of retraction. Someone might know in our group here. I don't know, but it, I, I say some values, some areas you saw 35% retraction. Because you had so much, there was a lot of fraud then. A lot of fraud because people <coughs> took advantage of these no income, no asset loans. You had 228s, which were exotic arms that they were called pay option arms. It was It was a mess compared to today. Okay. Doug, do you know what that retraction yeah. was in?
2: I would agree that, yeah. and I don't have hard numbers in front of me, but it was it was probably more like that 35 to even maybe a 40% range. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had people losing their jobs like crazy, and, I mean, just a very different situation mm-hmm. um, than what we're experiencing today. But I am curious, this kind of goes back to the, my second question earlier, was are you seeing many folks that, that need to sell and are selling at a loss? currently it's not been that we've not been in this transition very long so i assume that answer is no and if that answer is no now do you anticipate that changing in the next 12 months where they you know they overpaid in the last you know 18 months and now they're going to try to sell into a market that's not as friendly
3: landon i i'm not seeing people having to sell like in that situation that scenario you talked about where they have to what i think you're going to see though is in the next 12 to 18 months, a lot of buyer remorse on the fact that many, many times people this past year um, were waiving their inspection rights, right? And I obviously we all talk about home price, but there's value in the actual home itself. You know, if your home needs a new roof, that's ten, twenty thousand $20,000, needs a new furnace, you gotta pay for that. And those are like dollar signs that are not really, people don't think about when they're going to buy the house. Like you need to educate, like this, these are some things you have to go into. And people were waiving their rights on some of those inspections or not asking for things because the sellers were getting a lot of what they want. What was happening a lot last year were called appraisal gap coverages. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term. So I'll give you a very simple example, but let's say you put a purchase price on a home for $500,000, okay? I'm gonna buy this house for $500,000. Well, what happens is the, unless you're buying it with cash, okay? If you're buying with Dave, the mortgage lender here, he's gonna send a third party independent person to go out there and appraise the value of the home. So Dave doesn't control this person, it's not with his company. Every mortgage company has a third party independent. I think that probably goes back to like, 08 where they're having you know one of those safeguards it's an independent person they're going to go out and evaluate the price of the house if we offered 500,000 and then they came in the appraiser said it's worth 450 all Dave is going to give you the lender is 450,000 well now you have a gap from what you offered to what the bank's going to give you there were people paying that gap out of their pocket Mm -hmm. and
4: that's cash Um, money Yeah. So which means people are a lot more invested in these properties now compared to 08, you had people putting no money down, people getting money back at the table Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, to where when things got bad, they just said, I have no investment in this and they walked. Now you have people have real cash money investments in these homes. So I don't think you're going to see the foreclosures like you saw. I will tell you, I just had my first person in the last week. Uh, put an offer on a home that was in short sale. First one I've seen, I bet you, in four years. Explain that, in short Uh, sale. Short sale means that, say they owe 450 on the home, Mm -hmm. and they're selling it below what they owe on it. Okay. And the bank has to approve that, which is a lengthy process that a seller has to get that home approved through the bank to short sell it. I've seen sellers that don't do that, They don't have the approval from the bank. The deal is not going to go through. But that's effectively that's what a short sale is. Okay.
5: You know, we typically say that Bloomington is immune to a lot of these bigger issues within the housing market. It's pretty stable here. But in this case, is is Bloomington being uh, affected as much as some other cities, even Indianapolis?
4: Mm. I've got a branch down here in Bloomington. Uh, they're doing very well down here in the Bloomington market. The Bloomington market seems to, to a certain degree, which it's going to get affected with these higher rates, but to a certain degree has not been affected. Uh, the branch down here, their business as usual uh, numbers, as far as a branch, now I got to believe each guy's numbers are down, but they're still going to do very close to what they did last year. So the purchase market down here in Bloomington is very strong.
5: But from your, I'm sorry, from from your position, is it that people have that you approve less money for them because the interest rate is more? Is well, it that depends the way it on works? if you have
4: someone that has a debt to income, you know, issue. Uh, it seems to down in this Bloomington market, you don't seem to have the debt to income issues down here. And debt to income is what your monthly payout is on obligations, as far as what shows up on your credit report, plus the new home you're buying. And that's your total debt to income, and they divide that by your gross income, and you can go up on conventional up to forty-six percent.
1: I want to ask uh, a question of all three of you, but I want to start with with Doug. I was talking to somebody, uh, I'm not going to name him before the show today, and he said, "Well, I think interest rates are going to go to ten percent. I think we're headed to ten percent." And you know, he doesn't he doesn't know, but he, that's his feeling based on you know three quarters of a rate or three quarters. From the Fed for another four or five times, and where do you think we're where do you think we're headed with this, Doug? I want to start with you. How how high yeah. might interest rates go? go? No,
2: I, I think that's a good guess, um, and hopefully that's that's as much as it's going to take. I mean, it's. I think uh, it's been a little. Again, I'll go back to the beginning. Is we started too late, and, and and a lot of folks would I think agree that there was so much political pressure on the Fed and so they were hesitant to to move and so you know inflation got more out of control than it, it, we should have allowed it to um without not at the same time they're moving slowly and money's being pumped in and interest rates continue to be low and i think dave was alluding to all that earlier in some of his responses so yeah i, I will not be surprised if we have to get to 10% and the the fed has to send a clear message and and market's going to have to react and adjust so we can try to, you know, they're trying to get down to, right, 2% their stated amount back, you know, that's where we want to be. And we got a long way to go right now. And it's interesting, usually, you know, we think of people losing jobs and business contracting, but there's a lot of em- potential employees that are on the sidelines. And so, and are not coming back to work. And so, you know, you've also probably heard where people said this may be an employmentless uh, recession, if we hit a, you know, our, we could talk about whether we think we're in a recession or not, but uh, an employmentless situation, which, you know, is, I think it just making that much harder on the Fed to, to get this inflation in check, and that's why these interest rates, you know, continue to have to climb, and that 10% is not an unrealistic expectation
1: before i go to these uh, the other two guys who are here in the studio with us i want to ask you know can you make do you feel confident making a correlation to like the stock market it seems like the stock market reacts to these these interest rate hikes are we in for a continued sort of rocky mi- rocky time and contraction when it comes to the markets
2: well uh, We've seen the big adjustment down, and we've seen some climb back up, and I think we we, we shouldn't see another big adjustment down. I think that's, that's had its day. You might see some minor ups and downs, but I think we're past that. You know, there were lots of prognosticators and experts that were saying about a 20% adjustment in your stock portfolios downward, that we were too inflated, and if you went out and looked at certain um, you know, indices and so forth that pretty much agree to that, and that's pretty much what's happened. So I personally don't think we're going to see another big downward pull uh, that's gonna correlate with the interest rate increases.
1: That's something, okay. (laughs) So, uh, Yeah, so Dave, Landon, where do you see this going?
4: Uh, You know, quote me if I'm wrong here, but I saw something interesting the other day about back in the early 80s from where the fed fund where the fed had set rates to where mortgage rates were at that time mortgage rates were five percent above we're at three percent above right now so that tells you something right now where we're at so we could there's room for increase on top of the fed increasing so we're only three percent above right now back in the early 80s we were five percent above on rate I, I don't think 10 percent's is out of the question. I think you could see it a little higher. But what you're going to see, we're more educated today in the mortgage market. We're going to come up with a lot of alternative products. That will be good products to help clients out, customers out, till we get through this. And, and I kind of welcome these higher rates. I do. It's a purging of our business right now. You got people that dive in, and they're going to dive out. And the people that are committed and stay in for the long haul will stay. But we're definitely in a retracting market like we've not seen before in the mortgage market, and a lot of players are going to get weeded out because there's just not enough fish in the pond.
5: So, what's a good rate to have? I mean,
4: well, historically, right now we're in a rates are still good. It's just they're sticker shock. You got two things working that we've talked about all day: high rates and high values. I mean, that's what's cooking the market right now is those, those two items. But seven and 7.5, That's to me, it's a great rate. But people, sticker shock, you're looking at 2.5, and, and these rates have rolled very quickly. But what I have to say, too, these rates rolled down very quickly. I mean, before these rates hit 2.5, we were at 4.5, and, and 2019 was a great real estate market. We had good stability. We didn't have the supply issue that we have now. Those rates went down to 2.5. That's when all this came about. So now we're having to get this market stable right now. Stability means we gotta get supply up and we're gonna get supply up. It's gonna take a little bit of time cause you're gonna have people again sitting on these low rates that don't wanna sell.
5: So what's a normal rate going to look like when everything is stabilized in a few years? What do you, I, yeah. what do you think a normal, like when I you think six, of a normal rate, six? That
4: five and a half, six in the kind of economy, kind of world we're in today is personally what I think. You know, someone comment if they think I'm wrong. Landon,
1: are you in the same camp about the 10% rate? Is that-
3: Absolutely. I, I mean, nothing else I, that I can comment on. Uh, maybe a question for Doug or anybody in here. What is our current inflation rate number right now? Because I know the Fed has said, we're going to move it to 2%. Where are we at right now?
2: Yeah, so I, I didn't look at it right before this, but I think we're around you know 8, 8.5, something like that. Um, and you know, there's an argument out there that, well, you should focus on core inflation because uh, the overall inflation rate, which all the pundits seem to want to talk about, that higher rate of, is includes gas and food prices. So if we take those out, you know, we may be around six and a half or something like that. But you know, it's 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 being persistent. It's it's not going away. So you know, we still have a, we still have a ways to move. Also, some of, some of this, you know, projections we've done here. There's a belief that you know at the end of the the first quarter moving into the next half of the of next of 23 that we will maybe start seeing rates decline down to you know maybe that rate that you guys were just mentioning somewhere around that six percent excuse me uh yeah six to maybe even five and a half to to five so this hopefully is going to be fairly mild and fairly quick you know the the old Saying too is the quicker we, we run up the rates, the quicker they can come back down because we'll get inflation in check quicker. That's why there was frustration that the Fed wasn't moving sooner on this. Uh, and I think it goes with Dave's comments is he wished, you know, he was hoping for rates to, to come up sooner. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully by mid next year, we're seeing a more uh, inflation more in check and rates, you know, coming back down to a better level.
5: If, if you're in a position where you do need to you need to move for a job or something, great resignation, um, are you better off just right now trying to rent your house for a couple years? Or what would you all suggest in those that, kind of situations? That dovetails, it
3: dovetails
1: with another question that we just had, which is how do these high mortgage rates affect renters
3: and renting prices? I was just thinking that in my head. I was like, everyone needs a place to live. Um, rent prices are going up. Everywhere, like about every person I've talked to who is renting, like, are your rates going up? Yes. And now it, it varies. Like I've heard much some, they're like $50 a month. I've heard as high as $500 a month. And so let's just do simple. I like to do this like quick calculator, very simple. Let's say you're renting for $1,000 a month. If you're renting for $1,000 a month, you're doing very well because that's pretty low. But let's just assume that you're renting for $1,000 a month. You times that by 12 months. That's $12,000 you've given away that you do not see back versus owning, and we're talking about 7% interest rates. You're not owning any of that. When you rent, you're giving it it away. Now let's add this. Let's say you've rented for five years. 12 times five, $60,000 that you're not going to see back. Now times that by 10 years. You've got $120,000 that you've given away in rent, and that's $1,000 a month in rent. That you, that you just don't see versus if you did buy right now, you at least will see real estate has shown in a 10-year period, it always goes up. It always, it, it has gone up. It has shown, yeah, are there ups and downs along the way? Absolutely. But I've got data from my board from 2020 that shows the home price, average home price was, you know, in the 180 range. The my of Indianapolis, Indiana is, the average home price was, I think last night I looked at it, 235. It's gone up. You know the gentleman I just told you we're closing house in three years. He's going to make about sixty thousand dollars just for doing nothing for the house. So you can continue to rent, but you're paying an elevated amount.
5: Well, what about those uh, selling a property versus sitting on it for a couple years and seeing what the market does?
4: It's funny you say that because we do. We're seeing some of that right now, and. The old rules rules are morphing in the mortgage business now to help the market and we're helping people that wanna just sit on their home but have the ability to buy another one but maybe the numbers were tight to where we have programs now to help them with that.
1: We had a question about the 3 one program that I think you answered this already but I just wanted to clarify about you know if you buy, if you get a 3 one program now at a particular rate and the rates do go down during that,
4: th- three year period, what would your rate be? And you said you can refinance. Yeah, right? you can refinance. And again, I can't predict what rates <laughs> yeah. are going to be here in the future. Yeah. Uh, but you know you also here's the thing. When you do a two one buy down or a three two one buy down, you're basically subsidizing the rate because you pay for the difference and I won't get into the details of it, but you pay for the difference in the rate. That's why you're buying
3: it down each year. So let's say in an- a year But again, ho- who pays for that right now? It's the seller that's going to, right now, a lot of that's happening where the seller's giving those concessions. Can. Yeah. We can.
4: We can do it through rate
3: to help, and then the, the seller can help as well, so it can be a joint effort. But you weren't getting, I'm sorry to interrupt, you're not getting those last year. That's the point, like, where you're getting them. But
4: this subsidy money, so let's say you've been in this three, two, one 2 one buy-down for one year. You still got two years of subsidy left on money that was basically, think of this money put in reserve to pay that difference in interest you have that money set to the side, you can use that towards your closing cost because that money is in reserve for you through that 3 two, one, because it's subsidizing the rate each year. So you've got a gap in difference. So you know you got 4.5 compared to 7.5. So you're paying for that gap. That's why, like on he said, we need on a $300,000 home, on a 2-1 buy-down, we need $10,000. Well, that ten dollars is paying for that difference in interest between the rate each year. So if you get out of that 2-1 buy-down early, you have some subsidy money left over that you can use.
5: So that's paid at the very beginning. So the person mm-hmm. isn't going to be on the hook for that if they refinance.
4: Absolutely. That's what I'm saying is you have you have some subsidy money still there. So just think like the first year when you're, say, you're at 4.5 and, and you go to 5.5, that reserved money pays for that interest for that first year you're getting the four and a half. Then you go to five and a half. Then it's paying for that interest difference for that second year. Then you go into your third year, and we're talking a two one buy down here, then it goes to the end rate, which would be, you know, your, whatever the end rate was that, you know, so you start at five and a half, you go to six and a half, then you go to seven and a half. Sarah and I are gonna be able to fill the rest of this
1: time with no problem with our questions, but if you've got a question out there that you wanna ask, might not be the same one that we have, you can give us a call at 812-855-0811 or toll free at 877-285-9348 or you can send it, news at indiana media org.
5: Can I ask a dumb question? Yes. Um, so in 2008, I remember I watched a documentary, well, after that, but it was about balloon mortgages. And at first I was thinking this seemed very similar, but it's not, right? But-
4: no, 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 no. It, those balloons that you were talking about We're bad. We're bad. I don't know if you remember, I talked about a 228. So that means that you had a fixed rate for two years, then you're subject to the market after that. Yeah. Okay. You also had these pay option arms. They were just, those are a lot of things that cooked the market back in 08. Okay. So as he was saying, I thought it came to my head. We had to wait for this bad money to get out of the system. And it took... It took about 10 years for that money to cook out. That's how bad it was. Well, now we're in a little bit of a different situation. We have high inflation. we got to wait for all this extra money out in the market to cook out. we got to wait for all this circulating money out there right now to get cooked out of the market to where we can get some inflation stability.
5: So if we're looking for a why are we here, is is this partly because of the war in Ukraine, COVID? I mean
4: – I think – I think there's a lot that, that goes into that. I think COVID caused some of this because you had pent-up demand. You know, the market shut down for a while. A lot of, I don't want to say free money, but it seemed like free money was thrown out into the market. And I get it. They were trying to get the economy going. We were scared. We didn't know what we were dealing with. You had the new administration come in and we had a hot market and they took jet fuel and threw on top of it. And here we are.
1: I. I have a question that's uh, again not about the current market it's more about how mortgages work and this would go I guess to to Dave for sure and and Doug and that's about the idea that a lot of banks and lenders, don't keep your mortgage. You know, the, the mortgage originates. How, is, how does that work? Why does it happen? And What's it mean to me, you know, as somebody who's borrowing money?
4: Well, to a client it's basically seamless because when you sit down at the closing, you're signing a note, a mortgage, those are all ironclad. They get recorded, they can't be changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just take your mortgage banker, okay? They're not a bank, but they're a mortgage banker. They don't service loans what does that mean okay so they go and they fund your loan at the table and 30 days later they they sell it to a servicer you know like a chase or you have a lot of investors out there Mm -hmm. so they'll sell it to one of them it it doesn't change that fact of what you signed, what your rate is what you're escrowing per month it's seamless to you well why would they sell my loan Mm -hmm. well they make money on the back end. Uh, the mortgage banks do. So they'll sell to an investor, and an investor will pay a certain amount of money for this mortgage. Well that portion of the market right now, whereas you say, last year, these mortgages were getting sold on the secondary market, and these mortgage banks you know, were making 70 basis points on the sell, which was off the charts. Today, at some points with the way the market is, we're having to pay to sell these to investors. And that's another reason why you're seeing mortgage banks starting to merge, mortgage banks closing, just for that fact. I mean, you make money up front when you sell a loan, okay? There's a margin there. But then there is the back end, if you're selling the loan, that these mortgage banks depended on that income when they sold it, and that income is is gone right now on the back end, okay? Good.
1: Um, We have about five minutes to go. Landon, when you have somebody coming to you now, what's the biggest misconception they have, or the biggest, the biggest um, sort of blind spot they have when they come in to talk to you about, you know,
3: buying or selling a house? What do you, what do you have to correct most often? That's a bad time to buy or sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean just that alone. Everyone thinks it's a bad time. The the mainstream media is is pointing out that it's terrible. I mean, just earlier we spoke about a lot of seller or buyer concessions you're getting. Like if you're buying, you can get a lot of things you couldn't. At the same time, if you're selling and you bought the house three or four years ago, you're still getting a lot of equity from what you weren't getting if you sold it a couple of years ago. You know, you're still going to make a good chunk of change if you're wanting to sell it. So it's just educating them. Um, At the same time, like I'm not the type of agent where I'm going to – Push them in a position where they're uncomfortable. I want to hear what they're saying. Sometimes I've told people, sit still. I literally had a phone call with a potential, um, he had a rental property, and he's renting right now. So he's renting in Carmel, but he has property selling in Whitestown. He doesn't want to live in Whitestown, wants to live in Carmel, but he's like, should I sell that right now? It just didn't make sense for him at the time i was like just hold on to this right now and it's okay like keep renting that one property you have because it's making you income it's a passive form of income and you could keep renting right here if something t- happens where you get the opportunity to buy then that's where we're going to go but like it's just educating and listening to what they need to do
5: do you know uh, indiana very rural is this the same case with farmland too
3: you know i've You know, I go all throughout the state. I've been in Terre Haute to set buy and sell. I've been up in Warsaw, buy and sell, um, up near Purdue. Am I allowed to say that here? I mean, we're down. Okay. 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 I wasn't sure if we're allowed to say that here. I didn't want a brick to come through the window or something. (laughs) Or a chair, you know. Um, Anyways, like... um, yeah, it's it, I feel like the same thing is kind of happening a little bit everywhere whether it's rural or city. It's just it's affecting everywhere, you know. I spoke to a colleague down in Orlando, Florida, like that's not even the same market. They're seeing the same things there.
1: Doug and we have about 3 minutes to go. I want to give you the opportunity. What have we missed today? We've we've covered a lot of ground here today. Is there something that you think we've missed?
2: No, I don't think so. I was just going to comment why we were at, uh, I was kind of looking online here. So, the peak of, of the overall inflation to date is 9.1%, and that was in June. And now, end of September, we're 82 And if you look at core, we're at 66 So, it is trending down right now. And so, hopefully, we get to that first quarter to mid-next year, we're going to be in a much more favorable position. And it seemed like that would be consistent if you look at the the timing of the run-up uh, here. So might fill that in and I guess if I would have one question for for Dave and Landon is you know when you are you seeing sort of a certain strata out there that's not being impacted by this like people buying million plus homes you know they have cash reserves they could you know this really hasn't been an issue is in that market's as busy as ever I guess if you could just kind of comment if there's any difference between high price medium price and uh, I think when Dave first started talking about um, the average mortgages he's seeing is 225, so a lot of first time home buyers. but uh, I don't know about you, Landon. are you still seeing a lot of luxury home sales? We have about this one minute so.
3: Yes, we're still seeing luxury home sales. <laughs> okay.
2: okay.
4: And I think that's gonna be affected. We're seeing it. I mean it's just straight up economics tells you that higher priced homes, higher rates, they're gonna be affected first and it and it's coming.
1: All right. Terrific show. Thank you guys thank for you being thank here. You. Been, being thank you. I appreciate being on here. It's been great. We've had uh, three guests with us. Doug McCoy from the Kelley School of Business and the IU He's a Director of the Center for Real Estate Studies. Dave Peters from Thrive, it's a mortgage company, and Landon Bushing, who is a real estate broker at, at eXp Realty. For Sarah Whitmire, my co-host, for Mike Pashkash, our engineer and Uh, Nathan Moore, our producer. I'm Bob Zaltzberg.
0: Thanks for listening. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com and from bloomington health foundation providing financial support to the community for 55 years promoting healthier lives and the advancement of future health care in our region working together for a healthier tomorrow more at bloomhf.org and from estate and downsizing specialists llc offering complete turnkey services for estate and downsizing clients from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com.